Hello, my disciples. This is Jagger, and you are listening to episode nine of the Monta Jag podcast. How are you? <laughs> um, just got back from. It's like two fifty-two on Monday. I'm just, just hanging out. It's one of those days where you just, if you don't have work, you're just staying inside and and chilling because um, it's so gross out. I um yes, I went to the gym with my with my bro Brendan, then we went to this very good restaurant and we both got burgers, pretzel burgers, pretzel burgers. I mean cheeseburgers are my favorite, but like pretzel burgers are like on another level. And it had bacon too. And then um we went to the mall, I got a new pair of shoes. Um, they were 160 and like, they're nice, but I don't think any shoes were like any sneakers worth that much, but it's okay because I bought them and I'm, and I'm going to wear them a lot. So it's okay. It's all good. Cause I can, cause they're all black so I can wear them to like work and I can wear them out and it's going to be lit and I don't have to worry about getting them dirty. So yeah. Um, but man, sneakers are so expensive now it's crazy oh my god the the profit margins on those are probably insane probably cost like probably cost like a dollar to make a shoe here let's look that up let me clip this to my sweatshirt let's look up the price price of making a nike shoe it cost three dollars Oh my god, I was close. What did I say? Five? Or three? Fuck, I want to go back and listen to it. Fuck, what did I say? That's bad. It costs $3 to make a pair of Nikes. They're ripping us off. The real answer for the cost breakdown on an average of shoe is much more complicated. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I, I know the actual cost breaks total breaks down... Blah. The actual cost breakdown totals $28.50. This means Nike makes a profit of $21.50 on a $100 sneaker. Oh, you see that? They're not they're not monsters after all. Well, besides the child labor stuff, you know, forget about that. that, that <laughs> no one no one talks about that. Who cares about that? <laughs> um But yeah, it's been an interesting week seeing people react to Elon buying Twitter. Um, some people are happy, some people aren't. That's kind of the way it is with everything nowadays. Um, but yeah, let's see what's trending. Teacher Appreciation Week, number one. Don't worry, darling, number two. Definitely a paid spot. Number three, Id Murbarak. Muslims around the world celebrate Eid al Fitter. Um, Bad Bunny, number six. Mm. Vin Diesel's uh, number 11. Jin, Justin Lin reportedly left fast. X, I'm guessing Fast 10, due to Vin Diesel's difficult behavior. Diesel shows up late to the set. He doesn't know his lines, and he shows up out of shape. Damn. Who is this Justin Lin guy? Let's see. Let's see if he's in shape. Let's look up Justin Lin body. I mean... This guy shouldn't really be talking. He's like, like he's not fat, but he's not like, like he's not like skinny. Like he's not chiseled or anything. I don't know why he's talking shit about Vin Diesel's physique, and he shows up out of shape. Unless Vin Diesel's like showing up with like, like a pot belly and like donuts. <laughs> like he's got donut. He walks in with like donuts. And I always picture Vin Diesel in the white tank top. Um, that's funny. Let's see, 11. 
A bunch of just other stuff I don't know. You say you love me, but I don't care. And I blow my head on a burn down Um. Ooh. So, like everyone else, I've been I've been loosely following the Johnny Depp stuff. Like, like I know about the poop in the bed stuff, and I know about like. Well, I've known for a I've known for a while now that like she like severed his finger, which is which is pretty wild. And I had this conversation with like my girlfriend because on the other day I saw an article it's like they're trying to remove her from Aquaman two, and like I mean she's a bad person and all, but for me like I want to see Aquaman two the way it was like. Because it's so hard to see a good movie nowadays. Like, most movies suck that come out. Like, I don't know if it's always been that way. Like, a lot of them that come out pretty much suck. Like, the Batman, which I thought was going to be amazing, was just meh. And if it had... If the Batman had a different story and a different... Like, if it had, like, a different moral, then... I would have liked it, but basically the moral, I was thinking about this the other day, like, basically the moral of the Batman was, like, fighting vigilantes and putting them in jail, like, isn't enough, like, you have to do more, like, whether that be, like, like, I don't know, it wasn't, it just wasn't Batman, it, it was weird, I didn't think it would be like that, I thought it would be bat. it didn't feel like, like a Batman type theme, and why they always gotta go dark? I wanna see, this is what I would love, like, just a funny Batman that just, like, takes himself so seriously, but everyone else, like, makes fun of him. That's kind of what Ben Affleck's Batman was, in a sense. That's the closest thing we've ever got to it. And I love Ben Affleck's Batman. I'll fight for Ben Affleck's Batman till the day I die. Because his Batman was, to me, I, I loved it. I fucking loved it. And and everyone had to hate on it. And he was going to do like three standalone... Uh, I'm going to get into it. Because it pisses me off. Wait, what was I talking about? Fuck, what was I talking about? Fuck. Oh my god, what's wrong with me? I'm just a little... I'm, I'm like... I, like I went to like... Um, Rowan this weekend, which is like a college. And like... I went with like my buddy, my girlfriend. And like... Like it was fun. We had a good time. Um, but yeah, I'm just like, I mean, I got back yesterday. I took like a nice three hour nap. I'm still like a little exhausted, which is crazy. Maybe because I went to the gym too and I had a nice big burger. That could do it. Um, but yeah, I've, I've never gotten into those Fast and Furious movies. They, um, just not a, like, I like cars, but I'm not that into it. Like, I don't care to see them race and shit i don't know i heard they were going to like into space or some shit oh so oh wait before i talk about moon knight which i watched two episodes i'm gonna give you my spiel on it finally watched some of it i am so pumped for dr strange it's not even funny like the trailer looks so fucking cool and there's going to be so many like characters from the other movie franchises in it. And I think Deadpool is going to be in it. I think I think John Krasinski and Fan, he's going to be the I think they're going to introduce the Fantastic 4. I think they're going to introduce X-Men. I think like it's going to be fucking so dope. I'm so pumped. I I can't wait. I love Sam Raimi. He did the Evil Dead movies. He did the fucking Spider-Man movies. I love him. I wonder what other movies he's done. Let's look him up. Sam Raimi. He's done movies. Okay, so he did. I know that. I know that. Inspired Evil Dead. Evil Dead Two. So he did Drag Me to Hell. Oh, he directed Oz the Great and Powerful. I liked that movie. I didn't even know he directed it. It was basically like a prequel to. Um, it was a prequel to, um, 
oh my god wait it was a prequel to the wizard of oz but i'm looking on his movies and i see the evil dead rise 2022 what's this evil dead rise is an upcoming american supernatural horror film written and directed by lee cronin and produced by robert tappert and with sam raimi and bruce campbell serving as executive producers is there a trailer All right, I'm gonna wait. I gotta watch this. I gotta watch this. I'll I'll describe it as it's going, and then you guys can watch it for yourselves. Evil Dead Rise trailer. I mean, it's probably most likely not gonna be. Oh wait, is there? Um. Oh no, there's not a trailer out for it. It's like some bullshit. I gotta find out more about this. Oh, it's gonna be on HBO Mesh too. I won't even have to pay for it. This year marks the return of the Evil Dead franchise with brand new movie Evil Dead Rise set to debut exclusively on HBO Max here in 2022. I wanna know the plot. We don't have a release date date yet at this time. What was this article written? Oh, May 2nd. Oh, so it's probably, wow. But we expect it won't be much longer now. While we wait, producer Sam Raimi sat down with Slash Film this week to tease the upcoming movie, which he calls terrifying. I've seen a rough cut, a medium fine cut, and a fine cut. There's probably a few changes that Lee Cronin is making that I haven't seen, but it's great, Raimi tells Slash Film. He adds, it's terrifying and going to knock people's socks off. By the time it's released later this year, Evil Dead Rise will be the franchise's first movie in just... Evil Dead Rise will be the franchise's first movie in just under 10 years. Following in the wake of Fred Fiddy Alvarez's Evil Dead 2013, and of course the star series Asterisk's Evil Dead, that brought Bruce Campbell back into the mix. Here's the official synopsis of e- for Evil Dead Rise. In the fifth Evil Dead film, a road-weary Beth pays an, over- pays an overdue visit to her old sister Ellie, who is raising three kids on her, her on her own, in a cramped LA apartment. The sisters' reunion is cut short by the discovery of a mysterious book deep with deep in the bowels of Ellie's building, giving rise to flesh-possessing demons and thrusting Beth into a primal battle for survival as she is faced with a, the most nightmarish version of motherhood imaginable. Wow. I don't think it will be good as Evil Dead 2. No, 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 no horror movie will be as good as that one. It's just such an authentic and just... It's just amazing. It's amazing what they did. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty pumped for that. Alright, so Moon Knight. Let me get into Moon Knight. So, from what I remember, well, it opens up with this guy, like, putting glass in his shoes and walking around. So you think, like, oh, that's weird. Then it goes to, then we get introduced to the main character. Fuck, what's his name? His name and, well, the one personality's name was, oh, my God. Fuck, I have to look it up now. Okay, so he plays Mark Spector and... Stephen Grant. So Stephen Grant is the personality that's like more shy, more like standoffish and Mark Spector is like the personality that's basically like a bad American badass and and um Stephen Grant's like British but Stephen Grant the personality um so let me tell you what I liked about the show what I liked about the show was Stephen Grant's 
So a lot of times I've noticed in the Marvel shows, um, a lot of times the characters don't go through like struggles in the beginning. Like a lot of the times they'll just be like happy, you know, their life's going good. You know, you got one of them's a billionaire. One's a God already. One like, um, I think the closest resemblance to any struggle in the MCU before Moon Knight was Captain Marvel. Captain America when um, he was really frail and getting beat up all the time. Even that, though, like, he wasn't struggling. So, like, Stephen Grant, he's struggling with, like, time and, like, his disorder. He changed himself to a bed so he doesn't, like, go sleepwalking. He, um... He, um... He uh, asked this girl on a date. He didn't even know he asked her. Then he misses the date. It was like Friday. And then he didn't know it was. And he missed it. Cause he goes on Sunday thinking it's Friday. And he cries at the table. It was sad. And I, and I, I kind of liked it. Because you never really see like Marvel characters kind of go through like personal struggles like that. It's always like, it's always like, oh, my mom died. Or, oh, I had to event. But for him, it was just like he was dealing with like a mental illness. So that was cool. Um, then he wakes up and he's in a field and there's this weird cult people around him and he has to, then he starts switching on and off between Mark and Steven and each time he would wake up, he'd like had killed like five people and like, and so basically they were, um, he had like this scarab thing, this like scarab thing that the antagonist wanted. And oh, I also forgot to mention like, it's just, it's hard to explain. It, but the things I didn't like about it were, I don't like the, I don't like the different personality things. I think I said this last time. Like, it's just so like hard to, like, I just can't like a person who's not like themselves. I don't know if that's hard to explain. And, but the suit was really cool. I like the suit. It's pretty badass. Um, I, I don't know. I just don't like the story. I just don't like the story right now. Like, it's very, like, all over the place. I do have to watch season three. I mean, episode two. I mean, no, three. So, oh, wait. My sister, my girlfriend. Um, Valeria. I'm thinking of what I should buy for Justine for the baby. Um, but yeah, Moon Knight wasn't bad at all. Maybe, like, hmm, I'll think about it and let you know if I think about something. Oh, she's so thoughtful. Sorry, sorry guys. Okay. Now the 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 like so the story's bad, but the this is the same thing Batman had. The story was not that good, but the the effects and the scenery and the lighting and all that stuff was amazing. Um, I I have to give it a because sometimes the ending can make it better. He's got like this wife they didn't know about. So I'm thinking that I have to watch more for it to make sense. So I shouldn't shit on it directly. But two, two episodes in. And that has happened before. Like you watch a show and it fucking blows. And then you watch it again. Oh no, no. And then you finish it and you're like, okay, now it makes sense. I tend to like shows that like they get you by the first episode. I mean, obviously everyone probably does. But I, uh, yeah. Man, John Isaac though. I mean, Oscar Isaac, man, like. Like, he's a good-looking dude. I was, like, I was kind of crushed on, on him pretty hard. He's, um, he's a very handsome fella. He's arguably the best character in Star Wars. I've always said, like, am, am I, no, 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 no. Don't quote, I meant 
the new Star Wars, so seven, eight, and episode seven, eight, and nine. Obviously, not the old ones. That is false. He was the best new character in that because he was basically like like a rebel type Han Solo. You know, he didn't follow by the rules. He spoke his mind, but he was a rebel. Like Han Solo's whole thing was like, ah, I'm on my own. But then his his redeeming quality was like he was willing to join the fight. Poe was in the fight the whole time. Um, but yeah, I was talking to my friend Karma about this, who I want to get on the podcast. Um, yeah, he agrees with me that Seven was the best episode and that Poe was probably the best. Um, Finn is arguably the worst character, not only in Star Wars, but in any movie franchise. He is so uninteresting and just, I mean, his acting was fine, but he's just like, such a useless character. Like, the whole movie I'm rooting against him and that Ray bitch. Like, it's so bad how they just... They, they really s- screwed the pooch with those three movies. The order goes 7, 8, and 9. That's how it goes. It should be 9, 8, 7. Like, you know? And, yeah, it's just... It, it's just so mad. I heard Morbius wasn't good. Let's see what it got on Rotten Tomatoes. Even though I don't follow, I like I follow the the audience Rotten Tomatoes. I don't really follow like seventeen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. All right, that's how you know it's bad though. Seventy one percent audience score. Okay, so the audience liked it, but the tomato meter didn't like. It. Let's see what the audience. Um. Verified audience. 14 hours ago from Marcy L. Excellent cinema experience. Phenomenal special effects. The story was great and ending was indeed finished well, leading into the next movie perfectly. Well loved it. Well, we loved it. Richard Karen, Rich Karen. Excellent effects and makeup. Little slow and predictable on plot. That's not good. She gave it. He or she gave it three stars. The move was excellent. Loved it. This guy's verified and he spells movie wrong? This is fucking... Morbius is the greatest movie ever made. Jared Leto is the GOAT. Hashtag Team Morbius. Morbius and Tyrese from Fast and Furious are the GOATs. These are the worst reviews I've ever... I hate it when reviews are like overcomplicated. But... Alright, let's read a bad review. From Chris N. One star. Yup, it's bad. Entertaining in a bad way, but bad. Venom lit. Venom light with no attempts at humor. I know it's a movie based on a comic book, but so many plot holes that could be explained away with a few seconds of of dialogue. Sony just doesn't know what is it is what is is doing past the Spider-Man movies. Daniel. Two stars. Meh, it was okay, I guess. Movie had lots of potential, but did not hit the mark. Doubt there will be another one. <laughs> Man, I thought it was going to be... Uh, I mean, I wasn't, like, dying for it. Rock Tomatoes has a podcast? I've never listened to that. Oh my god, I can't wait for Doctor Strange 2. It's gonna be so lit. It's gonna be so lit. I'm sorry, I don't want to keep my tight. You know what it is? I didn't have any coffee today. I drink coffee like a motherfucker. I mean, like, it depends on, like, like a day today, I just didn't feel like making it. I didn't feel like buying it. Like, when I make it at home, I'll have, like, four cups and it's bad. I'll be fucking ready to go. I wonder what TV shows they have as the best on here, on 
Rotten Tomatoes. See, this is how I know Rotten Tomatoes sucks, because they have Moon Knight at 87%. No way. Loki, let's see what they gave Loki. So, right now, because Loki was the best Marvel show to date. I loved Loki. It was the best. Moon Knight Season 1 has 87%. Loki, 87%. Okay, 92%. That's, that's, yeah, that's about right. Dude, Loki was fucking so good. It was mostly the writing that saved it. Like, like Tom Hiddleston carried it on his back as well, but the writing honestly carried it because it was, it was such a good concept and story. Um. Well, yeah. Let's talk about. So enough about the movies, but I'm definitely seeing Doctor Strange next week. Like it's my top priority next week. Supreme Court says Boston was wrong to refuse Christian flag. Let's read this story. In a unanimous decision. Oh, wow. So that means, wait, unanimous. Fully in agreement. Wow. They all agreed on that? In a unanimous decision, the court said they this, said the city created a public forum open to all comers when it allowed organizations to use a a flagpole in front of City Hall. The Supreme Court ruled unanimously on Monday that the city of Boston violated the Constitution when it refused to let a local organization fly a Christian flag in front of City Hall. While the case had religious overtones, the decision was fundamentally about free speech rights. The court said the city created a public forum open to all comers when it allowed organizations to use a flagpole in front of the City Hall, in front of City Hall for commemor. Oh my god, I can't read this. I'm sorry. Comoradative? Comoradative? Oh my god. I gotta gotta look this word up. Commemorative. Acting as a memorial or mark of an event or person. Denying the same treatment for the Christian flag was a violation of free expression, it said. When the government encourages diverse expression, say by cre- creating a forum of, for debate, the First Amendment prevents it from discriminating against speakers based on their viewpoint, just as Stephen Breyer wrote in the decision. I thought he tipped. I guess I guess his term isn't... Oh, yeah, because he's the one that Kentanji replaced. So, um, The city's lack of meaningful involvement in the selection of flags or the crafting of their message leads us to classify the flag raising as private, not government speech, though nothing prevents Boston from changing its policies going forward. The ruling was a victory for a group called Camp Constitution, which says part of its mission to enhance understanding of the country's Judeo-Christian heritage, Judeo-Christian heritage. The group wanted to raise a flag bearing a Latin cross during a one-hour event that would include speeches about Boston's history for local. I mean, yeah, I agree with that. The thing is, you gotta have all the flags. You know, like if someone wants to do like a Jewish flag or a or a Muslim flag or whatever. I don't know if they have like they got like they would have to, I guess, at that point. Um, under the Constitution, a government may not treat religious persons, religious organizations. Or religious speech as second class, Justin Brett Kavanaugh wrote in his concurring opinion. In a statement, a spokesperson for the city said it's carefully reviewing the court's decision and its recognition of city government's authority to operate similar programs. As we consider next step, we will ensure that city that city that future city of Boston programs are aligned with this decision. Word. Yeah, that's the right choice. I'm surprised they all agreed on it to be honest. I I don't I wonder how I wonder like how often they all agree on something. I'm going to look up unanimous votes on the Supreme Court. Oh wait. How many How many unanimous votes? In the Supreme Court. 
How many votes are needed to... Wait, no. Does the Supreme Court have to have a unanimous? No, wait. Oh, it's go to statistics. Let's go. Each year, the Harvard Law voting amendments, Kagan, Gorsuch, Sotomayor, voting alignments and orders resolving applications for emergency relief. This is this this is hardcore. Twenty twenty. In the 2020 term, Chief Justice... Oh, yeah, but I want to see if there's a... That's a cool thing they have. This was another thing for emergency relief. All right. Well, they don't have what I have, but it's okay. I found a cool website. Imperial amid breaking consensus. All right, here is what I think I need. It's wild someone does like statistics on this. That's crazy. Well, let's read other news. Um, AMC boss Adam Aaron on charging extra for blockbusters after the Batman and catering to ape investors. Oh, God. It's already expensive. They're going to make it more. AMC CEO Adam Aaron is a rock star to a very specific group of people. Those people, of course, are the 4 million non-professional investors who sent the company's stock price soaring and currently owning 80% of the movie theater chain. The new shareholders who rescued the bill beleaguered chain from bankruptcy during the pandemic called themselves the apes the name is a reference to the planet of the apes a movie in which primates overthrow humans <laughs> and then and to them oh i thought apes as in like the nft apes and to them aaron is the king silverback <laughs> what the fuck why is amc a cult no I'm going to have to go to the fucking local movie theater like a loser. There's perhaps nobody better to embrace the chaos than Aaron, a Harvard Business School graduate with a flair for showmanship. He communicates with apes direct, stop saying apes, directly on social media and embraces their ideas, like accepting Bitcoin and other crypto payments for tickets and concessions. There were some pros on Wall Street who looked down on them, Aaron says. They, are, they own our company, so we don't have... So we don't look down on them. We look up to them. Um, where does it say where it's going to... If you... Uh, where? For the past two years, we've been putting aster an asterisk. Good for COVID times. But... The box office this year should be around double the, the, the 2021 number. An eight or nine billion dollar box office is still less than where it was pre-pandemic. At ten million dollars or more, clearly we are not going to hit eleven billion dollars in two thousand twenty-two. My sense is going to be a stronger box office in two thousand twenty-three than two thousand twenty-two. What year are we back to perfectly normal pre-pandemic levels? It's somewhere between the second half of two thousand twenty-two and all of two thousand twenty-four. If studios release less than movie theaters does that hurt movie theaters hypothetically if studios released less movies that could translate to less dollars at theaters one option for us is to encourage studios to issue more movies and you can be sure we're having those conversations another may be to look at our new programming we've experimented in the past year with sports and concerts there's also the holy grail there are three major studios out there apple amazon and netflix I would argue Warner and Disney should be in there versus Apple or Amazon or even Netflix. 
Those are bad examples. Who don't release movies... Oh, who don't release movies theatrically. Maybe... <laughs> me jumping to conclusions. Maybe we could convince some of those streamers to take some of their movies and put them in theaters first. For the Batman, AMC charged customers about $1 to $2 more per ticket compared to other movies playing at the same time. How did that benefit the company? It was a big success. We look at our market share on the Batman, and we clearly did better by charging that dollar premium. And it was only $1. It's not like we charged double the price. There was so much demand that people were willing to pay. AMC's competitors, particularly Regal Cinemas and Cinemark theaters, had quietly boosted prices for Prime. Was there a reason AMC wanted to be vocal about the price increase? It's pretty simple. We, we're a publicly traded company on the New York Stock Exchange. And when you do important things, there's a duty to talk about it publicly. As a company, we believe in transparency. We don't want to hide what we're doing. We don't want to brag about what we're doing. But we do not want to hide what we're doing. Why didn't they talk about it? Um, wait, why did I click this? So basically, I don't know, I guess he's, I guess he's like listening to these like investors. I guess he has to listen to the so quote unquote apes, but fucking, you know what would make more people go to the movies? Advertise cheaper prices. With everything up now, you, you I don't think it's. Like, yeah, people rather watch shit at home, but... Oh, I think I hear my mom outside coming in. If you charge less, I think peop more people would come. Like, I I'm no... I'm no um, economist, but... I, I really do think a one turnoff from the movies is... is um, cheaper prices. And... I think, you know, no one wants to pay because you always want to get popcorn. And the popcorn is more than the ticket. It's, it, or as much. Or as much. It, it's ridiculous. Uh, well, I also wanted to talk about um, the correspondence dinner last night. I watched Trevor Noah. Um the Correspondence Dinner is basically like, well, it's to like honor the media, which is just so bad in this country, but they honestly shouldn't get any dinner. The fact they get a dinner every year is disgusting, but I don't know if they do it every year, but Trevor Noah did it, and he was pretty fucking funny. He lit up both sides pretty evenly, although the jokes that he made on the left were way funnier. <laughs> oh, my God. He made one joke where it was like, Oh, I gotta look it up. Uh, Trevor Noah joke. I'm not gonna say it because I want it to hit. I type in Trevor Noah for Trevor News. Trevor Noah takes shot at Florida Governor DeSantis during way. He took shots at everyone, first of all. Oh, that's because it was it's a Florida news outlet, never mind. It was some joke and it was like, yeah, his his biggest uh his biggest fans are like um like like moms and like the Taliban and like it was pretty funny and I mean, he's like everyone if everyone if there's an emergency make sure you evacuate uh make sure you exit safely because you know how this administration is with evacuations referring to the Afghanistan withdrawal he did a, he did a funny job man he didn't just roast republicans like I thought he would he roasted everyone it was great He referenced Joe Rogan in it. That was pretty fucking funny, too. 
trip. Um, no one's random. Um, Trevor's Trevor. Oh my God, De- this is from Deadline. Trevor Noah's White House correspondence dinner routine takes swipe at Will Smith's Oscar slap, name checks Joe Rogan, resurrects Fox News, Roger allies, and mocks Paramount Plus. So what the media is going to do is they're going to highlight everything he said wrong about Republicans versus um, the Democrats. And that's pretty much expected. Um, You can actually find us on Paramount Plus right between SpongeBob SquarePants and a bunch of movies even after that comedian. Oh, he made fun of the short shell shell life on CNN Plus, the resignation of Jeff Zucker, fired Chris Cuomo's graph for big bucks, and more. New York City set Noah wasted little time dragging up the biggest entertainment story of the year from the out of Los Angeles. It is risky making jokes these days. Oh, another funny one was um. I've actually been a little worried about tonight. What if I make a really mean joke about Killian Conway and then her husband rushes up on the stage and thanks me? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, he was spitting facts. All right. I, um, like with, oh, this is funny. Like with Biden and before him, Barack Obama at various White House correspondence dinners, Noah had FNC in his, I don't know what that means, in his sights almost from the top of his routine, taking the whole power elite to task for actually daring to even hold the WHCD in person after around 80 attendees of the super spreader gridiron dinner super spreader dinner super, super spreader Gridiron dinner early this month tested positive for COVID. Wow, 80 of them? I don't know. That's crazy. He goes, I expect this from Sean Hannity, but the rest of you, what are you doing? He bellowed. You spent the last two years telling everyone the importance of wearing masks and avoiding large indoor gatherings. Then the second someone offers you a free dinner, you turn into Joe Rogan. (laughs) That's funny. And I love Joe Rogan. He's my son. Like, I... like. That is hilarious. Oh, let's see what else. Slamming the FNCs. Fuck, what's FNC? God damn it. Oh, Fox News Channel. Okay. Uh, Slamming Fox News Channel's coverage coverage for moving viewers into the ICU. Noah did praise Hannity for being the longest-running host in cable news history. Of course, those nice words didn't wash the sink off Fox News channel from the tux-wearing host, Nord get Hannity off the hook. Fun fact, Sean Hannity and Ainsley Earhart are actually dating now, he said of the Fox colleagues. I actually think it's beautiful to see an office romance at Fox that won't end in a $20 million settlement. Noah Chittle is speaking of the long scandal that still defines Fox News channel in the eyes of many. I honestly didn't know about that. That's probably before my... For my time. Um, I'm sure wherever Roger... I didn't know those two were dating. That's wild. I did not know him and Ainsley were dating. I'm sure wherever Roger allies is right now, he's looking up and smiling. The commute... See, they're never going to talk about how he made fun of... Uh, yeah, let's see if Fox, Fox would have it. No, not many people probably watch it anyway. I just wanted to see Trevor Noah's, oh, if they had fucking built... Oh no, if they had Joe Joe Rogan would be the perfect for that dinner. He would never do it though. That's below him. 
that's beneath him. Joe is way too cool for that. He honestly is. Pelosi's daughter has unpopular take on White House Correspondence Center. Pelosi, um, Speaker of the House. Pelosi's daughter calls glitzy White House Correspondence Dinner a bigger threat to our democracy than Elon Musk. What? Christine Pelosi has not shied away from weighing in on political issues before. Christine Pelosi, the daughter of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, disparaged the White House Correspondence Dinner last week as a greater threat to our democracy then Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter, which I know I could say for a fact I'd bet on I'd bet on everything like I would bet big money that uh, well I mean none of them are threats to democracy at all like none of them I mean you could argue Twitter used to be but now with Elon it's gonna be better a nerd prom week of uh, so she tweets so Christine Pelosi tweets. A, quote, nerd prom weekend, end quote, of corporate media fetting the politicos they cover with celebrities and booze rather than a simple, what, then she at WHCA awards dinner celebrating the First Amendment is a bigger award celebrating, wait, is this, is, I'm so confused by this, I'm sorry. And booze, rather than a simple awards dinner celebrating the first amendment, cel- dinner celebrating the first amendment is a bigger threat to our democracy than Elon Musk buying Twitter. I don't understand what she's saying. Uh, a Democratic strategist who has been the chairwoman of the California Democratic Women's Caucus and executive committee woman for the Democratic National Committee has not shied away from weighing in on political matters before. Uh, her mother has been either Speaker or House Democrat leader since 2003 and a member of Congress since 1987. But P- Christine Pelosi emerged on the national stage after 2010 to prevent the Electoral College from voting for former president. She also opened a pint on, such, on issues such as Gavin Newsom's recall, her mother ripping up presidential... Okay, but I don't understand the tweet. All right, let's break down what she tweeted, because I don't understand it. A nerd prom week of corporate media fetting the politicos they cover with celebrities and booze rather than a simple at WHCA awards dinner celebrating the First Amendment is a bigger threat to our democracy Then Elon Musk buying Twitter. I don't understand. So she's saying... I don't know what she's saying. Alright, I'm, look I'm looking at the re- replies right now. From Mark Hollinsheed. I agree with you as well. It is a senseless event that the, that only purpose is to bash the opposition. What a waste of time and money. Money that could be going to other places to put... Toward a better use. I mean, yeah, I don't really care for the event either. No invite for you? I think your opinion is absurd and without thought. What a night. Wait, this is Trevor Noah. What a night. Thank you to the WHCA for having me. And allow me the distinct honor of roasting of the, the President of the United States and everyone else on the receiving end, thank you. Let's see the retweets. Is anyone I know? Any celebrities? Listen, bottom line is celebrating the First Amendment Wait. Celebrating the First Amendment is a bigger threat to our democracy. Than, so she's saying 
the First Amendment's a big threat. Like, that's scary that someone would even say that. All right, I got to see more replies to understand this. From Tony Culpepper. A very privileged opinion. You've had everything given to you. Stop trying to be relevant. Oh, that's a burn. She's right. It's turned into the Met Gala. Really, Kim Kardashian was there. They were all unmasked. And a lot of them are ancient. And a lot of them are ancient unmasked. What does that even mean? Boy, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I didn't realize that stupid was passed along genetically. Maybe a bit through osmosis as well. LOL, Elon Husk gave us... Okay, that person can't spell. Um, he hasn't done anything yet to make that proffer. Oh, God. Everyone needs to just fucking relax. Really. Another funny um, thing Trevor Noah said was like, oh, Jen Psaki, no, your job is to, uh, he was talking about how she's moving to MSNBC. He's like, oh, Jen, like your job is to prop Biden up, up, prop Biden up, make him look good, defend him towards the end. And at MSNBC, you'll have to, you'll be fine. That's like what he said. I like paraphrase it, but I basically got it like, that, that was so funny. But man, yeah, Trevor Noah, he was pretty... He did a good job. He did a good job. Alright guys, I'm going to call it. I'm going to start watching Moon Knight again. Um... Yeah, I'm going to start watching Moon Knight again. Probably finish it soon. I'll give you my full review on that. And uh, thank you for listening. And... Um, yeah. Peace out.